Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Genesis chapter 1, verse 11. I believe this is the 411 of the genius of generosity. You know, like the 411, 9-9-9-1-1. We all know, know the 911 because we get in trouble a lot, so we dial 911. And whenever we want information, we go to 411. I believe this is the 111 of becoming a genius in generosity. And it says, then God said, let the land. Actually, can you go to 10 real quick, if you don't mind? I want to read that before, and I want to say, because I was reading that before I came up. Uh, if not, I can read it from there whenever you guys find it. But let, then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and trees on the land that bear fruit with seeds in it, according to their various kinds, and it was so. According to its various kinds. You have number, uh, verse 10? Whenever you have it. If not, I can read it from here. Um, and I gave them the, the scriptures very late, so I apologize. And God called, this is the, the verse before, call the dried land earth, and, the, and then gathering together the waters, he called seas, and God saw that it was good. The land first, then the seas. And then God, out of the land and the sea, they both worked together to produce vegetation. And every vegetation produced uh, seeds of its own kind right so for for instance if you want to if you want to have a harvest of uh, apples per se you you want to you want to sow apple seeds right this is it's no big deal we we know that say i knew that but i knew that i knew that i knew that right so genesis helps us to establish that god has designed actually let me say the way i i wrote it to you God's provision for your life, whatever it is, your vision, but God's provision for your life, it's already built within its intelligent, cyclical design of everything that he created. Now, let me say that again, because I, 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 I said that, uh, by the way, I have with me one, one of our, 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 our members, uh, Fabio, would you, uh, Fabian, would you stand up and say hi to them? He, he drove over here real slow. He said he, he drives like Lucy something. And I said, man, we're going to have to pray for you, brother. We're going to get arrested because you're driving so slow. And I need to get there. But anyway, coming back, right? God's, and I told him, look, I'm going to say this sentence. And I know some, some people are going to stare at me like, what? Can you repeat that? Because unless you really focus on what I said, it's one of those sentences. So like, what? So God's provision for your life is already built in. God's provision. How many want God's provision? It's already built in within, within its intelligent and cyclical design of everything he created. In other words, everything God created, there is an intelligent design in it, and it's cyclical. It reproduces by, not by itself, but after its own kind, right? So everything created produces, everything created produces and multiplies after its own kind. In other, word, in other words, there is an endless provision in understanding the intelligence that's already built in into God's creation. But there is an endless provision. Isn't that genius? Say genius. That's genius. Yeah. That's very genius. Now, in other words, put the first slide that says, the genius of God's generosity is hidden. No. The, the genius of generosity, talking about the genius, the genius of this thing called generosity, it's hidden for us. It's not hidden from us. Listen to what I'm going to say, and I'm going to try to explain it. The genius of generosity, whatever is built in, whatever is going to help you to produce and to multiply, what, whatever it is that you're looking for, it's hidden for us. It's not hidden from us. I need you to catch that. 
It's just like when you read, Jesus said, look, the, the scriptures, all these things, they, you, they, they hear it, but they don't. Uh, they see it, but, they, they, you know, they can't see it. So it's, it's hidden from them, but it's, it's, uh, it, and, but it's not hidden from us. It's hidden for us, not from us. So when you start to search God's word, and when you start to understand the genius that God built in behind the thing, or the genius of what God built within, you start to notice that if you tap into what's already been made available for you, then it'll produce for you, and you don't have to beg. You just have to align. You, you get that? Right? So give me the next scripture. I mean, the, not the scripture. Uh, so uh, the one that says, look, so some of you guys perhaps said, well, we're doing a series of money. So they're, they're, now they're talking about the genius of generosity. They're going to they're ask us for more money. They, they're setting us up, man. They're, they're fattening the calf. Woo! I can smell the barbecue. Uh-huh. But no, no, no. The genius of generosity is not to ask you to give more. I'm going to say that again. The genius of generosity is not to ask you to give more. Next. It, but to teach you to get more. It's to teach you to get more. If we don't understand this, then we're always asking and begging. But once we, as a church, we understand that God has entrusted us with provision that if applied, it produces. But if, if you ignore its principle, the intelligence built in, then you're sacrificing your own provision. And then you end up outside of God's house begging, begging for blessings. There is a genius built in, in God's design. I want you to go to the next one. You see, the genius of generosity is never in the implication of the apparent. I got I to gotta, I gotta, I gotta explain this. Say, explain this to me. I, 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 yeah, you told me they talk back, so you got to talk back at me, right? Yeah, all right, take my time. All right. So where's Poppy? Someone said Poppy. Dale, Poppy. Okay. All right. All right. See, you say that in Long Island. It, it, it may be, I may have to explain that really, like, and then exercise someone. Uh, all right. <laughs> all right. I could go. All right. Let me, let me focus. Focus. Okay. The genius of generosity is never in the implication of the apparent. Listen to me. The genius of generosity, the genius of it, is never in the implication of the apparent. Why? Because it's not apparent that there is, if you just look at it, right, it doesn't look like it can produce. So that's why you always have to buy. That's why you always have to depend on others. Because apparently... The implication is that you, you, you've developed a culture, a system of belief about what you received. You know how to get this. How many know how to get this? You go, where do you go? The supermarket, not the farmer. You, gotta, you, you need to get a, a fake one so we can drop it. <laughs> you should. <laughs> I'm not dropping the mic. I'm a pastor. I know how much it costs. <laughs> See? <laughs> right? So it's never in the implication of the apparent. It, it, it may not be apparent, but just because it's not apparent, it doesn't mean it's not there. Just because it may not be apparent that God is not in it right now, it does not mean that it's not there. Say, wait for it. Now, even though it's never in the implication of the apparent, next, it's, uh, it, but it's found in the indication of its application. Now, let me explain that. It's found in the indication. There's an indication. In other words, there is a principle that leads you. There is an indication. When I came here, I found a building, not because I said worship 
um, something. It's worship, praise. I found it because it said kuhau. And then when I went in, I saw all the signs that indicated to me that I'm in the right place. So it's found, the genius of the generosity of God, it's found in the indication, in the principle of its application. In other words, if you don't understand its design, you will never be able to apply it. You have to understand its implication in order for you to apply it. If not, I'm going to say it again. You end up a beggar. And we're always and constantly asking and begging God. I know, do we, have, do we know the amount, right, that we got to collect here, right? We know that the amount that we got to collect to move to a, uh, to, to a different building, right? I remember years ago, this was not part, I wasn't going to talk about this, but I got to do it because I got to flow with what I feel right now. But I remember years ago, I went to a pastors and leaders conference in uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, and there must have been about 3,000 pastors. It was huge. I mean, like, down south, man, they really do it up, bro. Like, you know, they got church, and then you're like, you know, where's your church? And you're like, after you've been to their church, you're like, you know, what happened? <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, I went to one of their, their, their choir rooms. Like, yeah, they still have choirs, yeah. And, and, and it was probably... Three, si- three times the size of this place, the choir room, and I'm like, <laughs> so if I'm not careful, then I start buying. I start buying into an implication of the apparent, and then I forget that there is an indication with an application that I say, God, I, that's good, I bless them, but I cannot be led by what I see. But what's inside of me, that is the genius of this generosity that is built in. So I remember, long story short, I remember there was this preacher, man, he got up there, man, and man, oh gosh, I, I don't remember anything he said except this. This person owns like a, 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 a mall. A, a, I don't even know. It's a huge mall. The church owns the mall. They own so many things that it was just ridiculous. I was like, man, I own a dollar, uh, <laughs> you know, to my name, and I got a church. <laughs> you know, and I remember he's talking about all these things. And here's what he said. Here's what I want to try, and I'm going to move on. It has nothing to do with today's teaching. It does, but he, this is what he said. He said to, to us, a lot of pastors and preachers, he said, look, stop wasting God time. Right? Application time, teaching time to beg for things that we should already know how to produce. He said, we had a project. This is, we had a project to raise $25 million for a project that God had laid in their hearts. And this is what he did because he built a culture. And I pray that this culture, this genius of this culture gets in this house. Right? Stop looking at Staten Island. Stop looking at where you came from. And start looking at who's inside of you and the, applica- and the indication of the application that's inside of you. All right? But he, here's what he said. $25 million. I, I, I knew that I got to teach. I opened up my Bible. I said it. And then I opened up the floor. And this is the type of culture he built. He said, guys, church, this is the project. Right? And this is the things that we got to build. And it's going to take about $25 million. Now, I'm going to open up the floor for three minutes. And we're going to raise the funds. All right, pastor, I got the first million. Pastor, I got, the, 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 I got three millions. Pastor, I got two. Pastor, in three minutes, he pledged for the fund. Now, open up your word and let's move on. Why? Because he understood something. That what he's looking for. Is, is ne- never comes to you when you start to beg him. Why? Because you dishonor the designer that built in a protocol that produces after its own kind. Are you here with me? You know, I haven't preached this thing yet in my church, and they are going to be so jealous. But I'm going to say something today, even though I'm not preaching. You know how pastors are. Let me get that mic. All right, I don't even have time to get into all these things. Are you getting anything out of this? All right. Now, what did you say? Oh, take my time. I thought you said something about Poppy. I was like, watch that guy right there. No. All right. All right, check it out. Go to, I think you already have the slide already put up. 
Uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 42 and 45. I got to run real quick, so if you don't have time, write, write, write it down. Take the notes. He has some of the notes, all right? Look, look what it says here. And all the believers were together and had everything in common, okay? All the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold properties and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Need. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. Look, look, there was no separateness in here between Christ's followers in the early church, between the poor and the rich. The rich and the poor came together and there was an overflow of sharing. So much so that it seemed as if the fellowship engage in share and share alike. There is a deep principle at work even in this scripture that you got to really study and see what, how does this even happen today? How does this even happen today, right? The power of Christ unbound the selfish heart. It is the power of Christ. Christ in us. Christ in us. Christ in us. The hope of glory. Christ in us. It is the hope of glory. It is the seed of life. That is the hope of glory. It is that seed, that indication of that application that when, when it starts to fester, when it starts to be applied, it starts to obliterate selfishness. It generated a love and compassion between people that was so intense that no one could hold on to anything extra when someone else ap appeared in personal need. My wife and I, my wife and I, we're, we're, we're such givers. We are so generous sometimes that I, I wonder how do we even live? How do we even eat? Because we give everything away, everything. My wife and I, we go through uh, quarterly. We go, we, we, uh, we go through everything we have. We reorganize, we revamp. She's a, a professional home organizer, so it doesn't work. To, I, I guess it works towards my favor, but sometimes it doesn't because I lost a lot of things that were personal to me. And she's like, and she, she has just an amazing way of convincing me, like, have you used it in the last two months? No. Well, you don't need it. Like, I said, give me a month, give me a month. And I'll, I'll like, touch it. You're like, look. Okay. It's gone. Whatever that was, I'm telling you old stories because they're gone. Everything I said, it's gone. So please pray for me. But we give, we give, and then what we, do, we sell some things, okay? We, we, we sold a few things here and there, right? You got to be, be a wise a steward, right, uh, to help us do certain things. But 90% of the stuff we give away, 90% of the stuff, right? So we give it away because it's important to develop a heart of generosity. You cannot be generous if your heart is tainted with greed, you cannot, you cannot, right? So here's what's happening. Everything, uh, whenever there, there seemed to be a need, they, they, they filled it. So I'm asking you, is it possible for America, church, American churches today to move in the direction of this Acts chapter 2 generosity? That when there's someone in need, we, have to, we don't just dismiss it. But we start to think, see, you know why we, I, I think, I don't know, why we, I think we dismiss it is because I think I'm going to have to give up something that I have and perhaps this person is going to come back next week broke, dirty, disgusted again, and I'm going to have to do it all over again. Why? Because we have not, we bought into that notion. We have not applied a culture of application. Because we can teach that person how to fish. And we need to develop a culture that we transition people out of relief to restoration. You understand? That's a generous heart. That's someone who understands what's happening inside, the intelligent design that God built in within us. Right? So we read this. We read that the church, God was adding to, uh, to their numbers daily. Isn't that one of our prayers? God help us to reach more. But I think the problem is, I believe the reason why God doesn't help us to reach more is because sometimes we don't know what to do with the ones we have. You understand? We, we're looking at the at, 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 um, implications. 
and at the apparent, they're here. They must be good. So we move on to more. And we want more without really processing people through a system that it's an intelligent system that would help them to be self-sustaining so that they can do, they can multiply themselves to others. It's genius. God built it, but it's only, it only works in generosity. When you're a generous person, and being generous is not something that you do. I gave today. Generous is something that you are. I don't have time to break down the word, but gene, genetics, generous. It comes from your genetics. It comes from the image of God. He built it in you. So give me the slide that says uh, um, uh, generosity proceeds. Generosity proceeds. So I just read, right, that they had all these things in common, and the Lord was the one that was adding to them. Why? Because generosity precedes multiplication. Generosity precedes multiplication. In other words, if you want multiplication, there has to be a generous spirit. There has to be a generous heart. And when there is a generous spirit, multiplication is inedible. Inedible. It's edible. It's edible. And it's edible, too. Right? Right. Right. I got to read something to you because here, I, I got to come back to this beautiful. This is not so beautiful anymore. But right. This apple. I got I got to come back to it. Um, and and uh, let, me, let me come back to it. Let me come back to it. Let me come back to it. Go to a second. I want to talk, talk a little bit about this type of generosity and multiplication. I already talked to you about, uh, I have something else to talk about, treasure, right? The Bible says wherever your treasure is, your heart is, right? Or your heart follows, right? God gave you uh, uh, your tripart beings, right? Your body, soul, and spirit. And also your tripart being in the essence that God gave you time, treasure, and talent. You've mentioned it before, right? So whatever you do, God says do not store up treasures for yourselves because, come on, help me out. Moth, rust, and dust, right? They're going to they're gonna mess it up. But then the next verse, he says, but store up treasures for yourself. So he's not saying not to store up treasures for yourself. He, he says, store up treasures for yourself, not earthly, but in heaven. Now, I know somebody messed me up when they put a bumper sticker Years ago, and their car was all beat up, and they said, my real treasure is not in, it's in heaven. And then the car looked like it needed Jesus. Like, I'm like, bro. I was like, I was glad when they said it to me. I was glad that the church name was not in there. You know what I'm saying? Like, please don't get that bumper sticker, my real treasure is in heaven, and put it in your broken, disgusted car. You know? But here's what he's, here's what Jesus is ultimately saying in Matthew chapter 6. He's saying, do not store up treasures for yourselves on earth where moth and wrath destroy it and the thieves break in and steal. But lay it up for yourselves. Treasures in heaven where neither moth or, nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Next. For wherever your treasure is, there's your heart. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eyes is, is good, your whole body will be full of light. Next. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. Uh, if therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammoth. Here, I got to kind of wrap this up. What, he, what he's saying here, in essence, what he's, see, what he's saying, the type of treasure, and in those times, first century Christianity, they used to store up linen and clothes, and they used to store up um, uh, metals and grains, right? So it would be spoiled through the moth, through the, through the other stuff, right? So he said, don't do it because it'll eventually rot, but he says, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Now, now, he's not saying, hey, when you get to heaven, live real poor here. Because the problem with living poor is that you've missed it. You've missed what's inside of you that was meant to be multiplied and reproduce it. To bless others. 
I, I, I always thought, oh, when I get to heaven, I'm going to have my mansion. You can't even afford. <laughs> you can't even afford McDonald's without thinking about it. And you think you're going to have a mansion in heaven. So here's what he's saying. Preach the gospel. Invest in the things that are heavenly, okay, in God's house, in the work of the kingdom. Invest in, in giving to the poor. Invest in the things that are the heart of God. Whatever is for the kingdom, he's saying, store up treasures for yourself. He says for yourselves. In other words, if you do it right, if you understand the genius of generosity, it'll help you. It'll bless you. You're blessing others because God built it in so it can reproduce and be multiplied, but it's to bless others. And when you put it in the right place, as a matter of fact, not the right place. When you have the right perspective, you will have the right place. When you have the right perspective, you will have the, the right place. So I got to move on. So go to... Um, Go to 2 Corinthians. I got to move on to, 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 to sowing and reaping, and then I'm going to wrap all this up. Are you with me still? Yes. All right, 2 Corinthians. All right, this is kind of small, so I'll read it from here. Consider this. Whoever sows sparingly would also reap sparingly. Whoever sows sparingly would also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each one should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not out of regret of or compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that, that in all things, at all times, having all that you need... You will abound in every work as it is written. He has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Next, verse 10 says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower. Now he who supplies seed to the sower. Now he who supplies seed to the sower. You can't beg for this thing. Listen, listen, I'm, 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 this is this genius in, in God's design. There is a genius in this generosity. He's saying you sow. If you sow, you will reap. And you're not going to reap what you're praying for. You're going to reap what you are sowing for. See, you can pray all you want. That's an, that, that, that's a, that's, that's an indication. Okay. Of, of, what is a power, of what is apparent, I pray for it. God must hear my prayer and must answer it. But you see, that's, that's kind of a twist in Christianity and God's word. Because God is not a respecter of person. He's a respecter of principle. So it's, he doesn't care who you are in essence. He cares how you apply who he is. He cares about how you apply who he is. So he respects the principle. And you can beg, you can kick, you can scream, you can fast for 21 days, you can do the 40, and you can say, I'm, I'm still waiting. I'm not saying not to, but I'm just saying that you have a better chance sowing and expecting a harvest because what you sow, you reap. And, the, the, and that's the genius of the generosity, that if you want more, you sow more wow. or you can go by and become dependent wow. on a system that will rot, that will be spent, wow. that these, these will come and rot from you. Where can you put your dependence on today? And a job? A job will hire you because they think you're cute and you can speak the language and you know what to do, right? But once, once they're done with you, if they don't like you, if they like someone else, you're done. You're done. And what do you do? You go back to square zero. You start praying again. God, I lost my job. Why? Because once we get the job, we stop depending in the, impl in the implication of the application. We got a job, so we're good. It pays for me. I'm dependent. I provide my time. I provide my talent. And they provide provision. Treasure. And God said, no, that's not the way it works. It, 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 you can work it that way. But there is more in you. And there is an endless supply in you because it's already built in. 
And, if, and, 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 and the world understands this more than the church because they got you hired. <laughs> they got you hired because they know how it works. They know how to apply it. You see, you see I, I'm not ready for you, but look, you know, there's a parable of Jesus talking about, you know, that the sons of the sons of light, uh, the sons of the world are wiser than the sons of light. I remember reading that one time. I was like, God, that's not even fair. I mean, like, we speak in tongues, God. <laughs> like, you know, like, we know how to dance. We know how to do all these things. Look, and the songs that we sing, God, like the world, like no one does it like the church. So how can they be, and plus we have you. That's kind of an offense. Like we have you, we worship you, we talk about you, we have your word. How can they be wiser? And I think what Jesus was trying to say is that, that there is a system in which has a, there is a, an intelligence that has been built in and the world knows it and they know how to work it. But the kingdom of God, the sons of light, there is a kingdom, there is principles, there's systems that have been built in and we don't know how to work them. Because we've depended on saying out a prayer. It's a 911 or a 411 kid. How do you do it? How do you get it instead of a 111? Genesis 111. Go back to its principle. Go back to its application. I'm about to have a fit here. So he supplies seed to the sower. We just read it. He supplies seed to the sower. That's genius. You see, if you don't understand it, you'll pray for it. I'm not telling you not to pray. Pastor said, no, you heard. <laughs> I tell this. Do I tell this to my church every single Sunday? You heard. I didn't say that. You misinterpreted. Okay, that was an, that was an indication of the apparent. Okay. <laughs> God supplies seeds to the sower. Oh, God, give me seeds. Are you kidding me? Last time I gave you seeds, you ate, you ate it. You ate the whole thing and you ate the, the seeds. <laughs> give me more, Lord. This time around, I'm going to reach the work. You, know, you, ever, you ever meet someone besides you when, when they got in trouble? When they got in trouble and you pray that prayer, uh, 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 God, this time around, if you get me out of this one, God, I'll serve you forever. Say, we throw prayers like that because we don't know how to apply. Say, here's what I'm trying to tell you. He provides seeds to the sower. The genius of that is that he's saying, I provided to you already. God's provision is already given to you. And if you know how to work it, then I give you more. I already, see, God doesn't give you more as much as he gave you more. <laughs> see, God doesn't give you more as much as he already gave you more. It's already in the seed. Unless the seed. Oh, gosh, I, I'm, I'm running out of, out of time and I'm, I'm, I'm out of sentences. I'm running out of sentences. Ah, uh, I, I need to bring some of you guys over there because my people don't shout like that. Just, just so you know. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I got a young church that's a year, a year old, and I'm like, where in the God? What did you bring me? You brought this preacher to these. God bless him. You're not recording this, right? You're not sending this over. Oh boy, I love you guys. <laughs> I tell them all the time. I was like, man, where's the cemetery here? I'm like, so I can bury all these dead people. Now, let me stop. <laughs> you better not put that on TV. That guy's a jokester. Okay, so what was I saying? You got to remind me. I don't, know what, I don't know why I keep looking over here. All right. God doesn't give you more. He gave you more, right? He, he, the principle is this. We're asking God to do things. We're asking God to do things that he already did in the cross. The seed was sown. The seed was buried. The kernel of wheat fell, died, and it produced much fruit. Unless the seed, unless the seed falls to the ground. You see, the seed needed to go in. 
See, for three years, Jesus did ministry. That was wonderful. That was apparent. What was not apparent was the application that was inside of him. And once they killed that thing and they buried that seed, my God, you and I were born again. And he bore much fruit. Praise the Lord. I mean, even the kids are. All right, what time is it? I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna bring this to a wrap. I, I got I got a lot to, I had a lot to say, and just in a few, I, I gotta go to church, bro. This is the guy. This is the guy that's that's why I'm in trouble. Are you getting this? I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I think the mother of all learning is repetition. So I'm just, I only have, and I only have one message. I preach every week pretty much. I'm a church planter, so I'm developing preachers. So, I, you know, I know the deal. You got me, right? So, um, but I, I, I preach a thousand different ways, but I only have one message. I just have a thousand ways to preach it. But it's the same message. It's Jesus, 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 Jesus. It's the hope of glory. Everything is already in. Everything is already. You don't have to make anything up. It's already in here. But it's not apparent. It's not apparent. You got to search it out. It is the, it is, it is the, it is the, um, oh gosh, come on. Uh, Proverbs 20, 25 something. Okay. Uh, it says it is, it is the, it is the, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. But it's the, it's the glory of the kings, his kings to search it out. It is the glory of God's matter to conceal, to conceal a matter. It is God's glory to conceal it. It's not apparent. It's concealed. It's hidden for you, not from you. Okay? But it is your job as kings and priests to search the matter out. Because if you find the matter, you find the genius. And when you apply it, it becomes generous. It becomes multipliable. And the story is over, baby. This computer keeps turning off and on. And I'm, I'm, I think I preached everything, except, but out of order. Is that okay? <laughs> you appreciate that one. That's why I didn't even hand you the notes, brother, because I, I love you too much to do that to you. What's your name? Jane, Jane would you mind coming? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to wrap this up because I want to I wanna bl bless you guys. I don't think we have to give you a lot of information. I gave you the application. Okay? It's what you do with it now. See, that's the, also that's the problem with churches today. That we're filled with information. I mean, I believe that New York is probably one of the most uh, overfed and underled people in the world. Overfed, underled. We got great theological seminaries. Yet... We have few leaders that are leading with conviction. Conviction. See, I'm doing a series called Breakthrough right now. And um, we talked about, we talked about that exactly. That the, what's inside, that's conviction. Right? And when you understand what's inside, it doesn't matter what your circumstances, your conditions are. You start to break through. You ever seen a, a you ever seen a, a, a plant break through? concrete or breakthrough asphalt okay because the power of that seed the intentionality that's inside it starts to break through see what happens is we see the conditions we see the circumstances and then we start talking about it when you start talking about something you're worshiping it and you bow down to it that's why you got to be still be still and know that he is God. As a lamb, he was taken. Without, yet without saying a word. Because he knew there was something in him. That if they killed it and buried it. Whoo, that thing. That thing. It would be over. It would be over. The enemy. The works of the enemy would be broken. And this is what Jesus is trying to teach his disciples. Jesus is not trying to teach his disciples how to have church. But how to be the church. How to understand its application. 
Because I only have three years to do this. And I don't have three years to do church. I know you like it. See, that's why I'm going to leave you guys that like to huddle. And it's all about being in the presence. But I got to go get Zacchaeus. Because he's not in my presence. <laughs> Jesus, you can't go to the cross. Hey, buddy, calm down, Satan. Peter, Peter, calm down. I know I said I'm going to build my church upon you. Okay? Not upon you, upon this rock. I didn't say you, Peter. I said upon this rock. I am the rock. I am the seed. I am the foundation. I am the cornerstone. I'll build, build it upon me on that application, not your indication. It's not how you want it. See, most churches, and I, I, I pray and I know because I feel it, I sense it. This, this church has a vision from God, not ambition from men. A vision from God. And it doesn't change. It hasn't changed. I just presented our vision. It had nothing to do with anything else except the word of God. Reaching people. Loving on people. Loving God. Loving people. Reaching the, the lost. Equipping them. Sending them. That was his heart. Everything that you need, it's already built in. You don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you one more thing and I, I have to drop. We'll come back to this. It says he put it up there and I'm already all out of order. The genius of generosity. See, when it comes to giving, I'm just, let's just skip this. Thank you guys for messing me up now. I'm kidding. To be smart, spend carefully. To be wise, save regularly. The Bible teaches us all these things. But to be genius, give extravagantly. To, to be genius, give extravagantly. Why? Because you're not giving anything that belongs to you. It belongs to him. And it's already built in. And God will take care. If you seek his kingdom first, okay, whatever you are sowing from or to the kingdom, it will produce and reproduce. It will multiply of its own kind. God is looking for a group of people that will join this heart of generosity in this church. And again, you think I'm ready to collect an offering and I'm not. I'm not asking you to give. I'm teaching you to get more because it's in your getting that you will get understanding. Okay, In all your getting, the Bible says get understanding. Not a word, not just another word. I don't want a prophecy. I want more teaching. In your getting, get understanding. Get the application. Get the indication. Get it. Then you'll stop worrying about everything else. And you'll see how God takes care of every need. According to his riches. According to his glory. See, some of you guys saw me eating this apple when I got here. And probably, probably, probably not. I've been to places, they probably sent an usher and said, uh, Pastor. <laughs> Spit it out. Spit it out. Some of you probably felt indignant when I was eating this apple. The reason why I was eating this apple was because I wasn't really that hungry, but it, God gave it to us so it can nourish us. Right? I'm going to read this to you real quick. I want to give it to you the way I wrote it. That way you don't think I'm making this thing up. God gave us food, and he gave us this apple, like this apple. It helps to nourish and promote a healthy lifestyle. You know that. Right? But if you consume it all, then you rob yourself from ever becoming more. If you consume it all, if you consume all your time, all your talent, all your, your, all your treasure, it will never become more. It's got to die. You got to die to this thing. And you got to understand the principle. And you just got to apply it and believe God. Yeah, you will store up treasures for yourself. You will be nourished. You will get to eat of the good of the land. But don't eat 
all of it because about 10, uh, uh, what you see what you saw here right now, you see the apple here, it's apparent, but what you see now is a core. It looked like a core. This is a core. I ate about 90% of the apple. You know where I'm going. There's only about 10% left here. You can't eat the core. You can't eat the core. If you eat the core, you eat the seeds. Come on. If you eat the seeds, okay, the seeds can, uh, uh, inside of the apple, when they are consumed, uh, it carries a chemical. I'll read it to you. It's called cyanide. The seeds of the apple, they have a chemical called cyanide, and it's poisonous. It's a condition that develops when you inhale it, when you touch it, or when you swallow it, cyanide. It's a poisonous chemical gas that prevents your body from absorbing oxygen. The lack of oxygen can just damage your organs and it's life-threatening. See? If you eat the seed, it'll poison you. It'll rob of your life. Now you can kick and scream and you can say, you can holler to the enemy and say, devil, you came to steal, kill, and destroy. And, and you can spit on his face and you can grab the mic and you can fast. And but if you just take the seed, I'm not saying not to, I'm not to saying not to rebuke the enemy. I'm not to say not to stand against it, but I'm telling you, apply it. Apply your seed. Apply the principle. Take the seed. Don't eat it. You can, you will enjoy of the fruit of the land. But if you want to produce and multiply, don't eat the seed. It'll poison you. You see, as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, uh, thank you. As a matter of fact, I can't do it right now because I don't have the time and I'm not going to ask no one to be gross and get a seed out of this. But if you, let me see if I can see it. All the seeds are gone. They're probably spread all over here. Can anybody tell me how many seeds are in this apple? Four, 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 or five, four, or five. If you can take this apple, if you want to know how many seeds are in an apple, all you got to do is you got to eat it and look at it, split it, and look at it. Four or five seeds. I wish I had the seed with me. Now, let's pretend I have a seed. Oh, there's a seed. I think that's a seed. I don't know. Let's pretend this is a seed. You see the seed? Just say yes. You don't see it. I know it. You see the seed here? Yeah. Can you tell me how many apples are in the seed? One seed. The genius of God. The genius of generosity. That what you, when you take what God is giving you and you apply it, it never ceases to exist. You see human beings? God is not creating more human beings. He put the seed of life in one of them, in Adam, and we've been reproducing after the own, its own kind. God did the same thing with vegetation and everything that he created. It's in the seed. You cannot, you can choose as a man and as a woman, you, you know, I'll never, this, I will never have kids. I will spill my seed. You can be an owner type of leader and spill the seeds. Or you can, and your legacy will be destroyed. But that doesn't mean that human, humanity is going to cease to exist. Because as long as we continue to apply the principle of sowing, we will reap. And that's all I wanted to tell you today. There's a lot more, but I wanted to bring you to conscious that everything that you need and you will ever need is not in a prayer. It's already inside of you. It's already in everything that God already did and already everything that God provided for you. He gave you time. He gave you talent. And he gave you treasure. Apply your time. Apply your, your talent together. And you're going to start to see treasure as provision that will be everlasting. It will never stop. Now, if I take that seed and I leave it and I do nothing with it, will it ever reproduce? 
but the glory of it it's inside of it don't let it die don't let it die whatever it is that God put inside of you this church shouldn't this church should be moving soon this church should we should not ever look at anything as a limitation as a circumstance you gotta trust the Lord I tell you if I had time to tell you my story I don't even know how we are where we are today but God provided for us every single uh, time when we thought that there were roadblocks there weren't roadblocks there were mirrors for us to look back within and say, okay, it's not about what's apparent. It's not what, about what I see. It's about what's inside of me. Bring me the apples. See, I was taught that when you go out to eat or if you show up in a place, you never go out empty, empty-handed. Pastor, that's yours. They're organic. I went the extra mile. They're not washed, though. Mine was washed. I didn't, I didn't count on this. I just bought it for the... But as I was there, I counted 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 left. There's 12 apples left. What did I tell you? I don't know what I'm going to do with these. But the Lord is going to show me. Just bring them. Jesus turned the world upside down. Not with the 12 walking alongside of them. He spent three years teaching them and coaching them what was really inside of them. And then he said, go. And it was 12 that had the same image, the same likeness, the same thing was, that was in Jesus was inside of them. And 12, not 100, not 300, not 5,000, 12 turned their cities upside down. 12 that understood the genius of generosity. That they tapped in into an unlimited resource and they were thankful they were thankful not for what they didn't have because when you understand what you have you never see lack we hope you, you see lack for podcast. you is Our what you don't have house of abundance is, is what you have love people and love life <laughs> he the is the abundance is for our story is still being written it never goes away ever do alone if so, has encouraged you and you wish I don't know. I want you to stand to your all feet. across the world. Go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.